Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting, and also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 287, another Georgia public land turkey hunt. And I am your co-host and the guy who has fresh turkey in the refrigerator. And I am your co-host and the guy who gets a really weird cheese craving every night that I do a podcast on. But that's a lot less interesting than fresh turkey in the freezer. So congrats, Andy. Thank you, you have very much. quite a bit of fresh turkey going in the freezer. It's been a good few days. <laughs> it has been. It's been a good few days. And, you know, uh, I'm not trying to play the holier-than-thou card because I am certainly not holier-than-thou. But if I can go with, or I should say, unless I get to go with a friend of mine to his hunting club that really gets no hunting pressure at all. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm done squeezing the trigger in Alabama. Yeah, that's probably a wise decision. I think I'm putting myself on turkey COVID quarantine in the state of Alabama. So I went from you guys listening who don't know, I went from having killed zero turkeys the last time that we spoke on this show to having killed two turkeys. And each one of those two was killed in a different part of the state of Alabama. So, you know, I went this morning to the hunting club. There have been quite a few turkeys killed off the hunting club. And I heard three, possibly four different turkeys gobble this morning. Wow. But my son is going with me this weekend, and so I don't see me killing a turkey between now and the time that he goes with me. What I see is me locating mm-hmm. some turkeys because it's been quite a while since I have hunted the hunting club Yeah, because I've been traveling a good bit, and I've been hunting my property in Chilton County, and so I just haven't hunted there very much, so... It will be a good three days or so for me to do some scouting, and I think one of those days I'm going to try to take my dad, and hopefully none of my siblings are listening to this because they're going to freak out (laughs) because, oh, you don't need to be around mom and dad because of COVID. Yeah. I And I'm not saying that I do need to be around them, but I can hunt with my dad without being around him. You're both going to have a mask and gloves on too, so. Well, he can drive his vehicle there. Exactly. And 
We'll be outside hunting, so it's not like we're going to be snuggling up and sitting in each other's laps. So I'm not worried about it, and I know my dad won't be either. But anyway, I've got some folks going with me over the next few days. You know, we got three days left, and I've got two people going with me. So I don't see me pulling the trigger in Alabama unless, like I said, I go to my buddy's hunting club. And he's going to be with me. So he will be shooting first. So if I shoot there, it's because there were multiple toms in the way that needed to be disposed of. Yeah. So had to be. just just had yeah. to be. So talk to me about this cheese craving real quick. Man, I don't know what's up with this podcast, but for some reason, and it's only it's a hundred percent of the time when it's a podcast evening when we have it scheduled. When I get home from work and change clothes and get my computer opened up, my immediate reaction is to run to the fridge and get some sort of cheese. And so I just ate pretty much the equivalent of a block of cheese right before we got on the air here. So I don't know what's going on with that. but What flavor? I had three different today. Today was a pepper jack, Colby jack, and cheddar type day. Hmm. Was it? Were any of them smoked? No, it wasn't. I mean, these were just mm. little cheese squares. And then, you know, typically I've been doing string cheese, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this is this is what happens on the podcast, apparently. I, I got to mm-hmm. have some cheese to get me in a talking mood, apparently. Yeah, well, I'm all in on the pepper jack, I can tell you that much. That's what I'm all about, so. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's good. I got that going, and, you know, I haven't been able to experience a full turkey hunt in a while because i'm either going out by myself and just doing some listening and messing with turkeys or taking somebody so i've gotten to see a couple misses and see a couple birds killed from other individuals that i called in but i haven't personally gotten a wield a gun in a while so i'm looking forward to this weekend i'm headed to west virginia and then headed to maine and new hampshire so got a big plan very good. You're going to be gone for a week? Yep. So it'll be a nine-day trip with two weekends and, and the five work days. Okay. So this is my big trip for the year. Hopefully get it done in West Virginia quickly. You know, regardless of how quick West Virginia goes, we're going to be headed to Maine. have very high hopes for Maine and New Hampshire. And then, if necessary, we will return to West Virginia if we have any days left to try to finish that off. Best case scenario, we've killed in all three, and we end up in Vermont or New York or Pennsylvania and go ahead and try to knock out a fourth. Nice. So we're very flexible with this. But big trip coming up. Hopefully I'll have some new audio for everybody. I know we have a ton of hunt audio still to come for this year. Yeah, we do. Thanks to you and Scott. Hey, you're rapidly approaching with yours, and you have a lot of audio, just only two with booms in them. I do have a lot of audio. Three with booms in them, two with booms that connect, potentially. So, yeah. that <laughs> and, and since you're going to be gone for a little over a week, you guys listening may get to hear one of my hunts sooner rather than later. So, we're going to give Cameron the week off so that he can go on a hunt and enjoy his time with his brothers and hopefully whack a few turkeys. Yes. So... That means you guys have me next week. We're going to whack some turkeys. Good. That's what I like to hear. This week, though, is the long-awaited second Georgia public land turkey. Oh, yeah. This is a good hunt. Yeah, we 
we've teased this one for several weeks and it's not for any other reason except that well we kind of felt like this episode was going to take a little while to put together i was in arkansas one week and cameron very graciously took over all of the editing and putting the show together that week so that was very helpful and i didn't feel like it'd be good to leave him with the hard episode to put together by himself and then last week we just felt like that information was too important for you guys not to hear it so yeah the timing was just too right to put that out yeah yeah so we wanted to go ahead and roll that out for you guys and so here we are uh, three weeks or so four weeks or so late with this episode but here you got it today i mean this is i'm gonna lay the the groundwork for this hunt and cameron please feel free to jump in and interject at any time you know i will so as you guys probably have heard a couple of times cameron was in georgia for their opening day and he happened to kill two turkeys opening day yes that afternoon <laughs> yeah that afternoon cameron called me and said hey i know you guys are coming down early this coming week but you may want to come a day early because it's good right now and so I also just to point out i looked at the weather forecast and noticed that the three to four days y'all were planning on coming it was supposed to rain the whole time but the next morning was supposed to be gorgeous yes very true so i called my buddy chip who lives two hours the other direction from where we're going in Georgia. And I said, hey, don't know if you can do it, but if you can, then you probably need to load up, come on to Birmingham, and let's ride together to Georgia. So he did. And we ended up in Georgia that night. So we got a hotel room because we were there a little bit before our Airbnb was open for us. And spent the night there in Georgia, got up bright and ugly the next morning, got to our parking spot, parked the truck, walked in. Cameron had two turkeys roosted. Yes. Now, I have mentioned this in the past as well, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth noting that Cameron is very, very good at being able to drop a pin on on x where he thinks a turkey has gobbled from i mean he's almost as good as a wild turkey in being able to pinpoint that sound so i don't know if i'll ever be to that status but i won't i have <laughs> yeah there's no chance but i i will say like i'm not trying to brag but I think over the years, because I go out and scout so much and hear so many birds gobble, and I've kind of learned the skill of being able to identify by topography what is likely where he was. And so I'll drop a pin and then go kind of investigate to see how accurate I was before season. And, I, and so I think I've kind of acquired that skill. Yeah. But I think I nailed those birds in Georgia. <laughs> You pretty well nailed those birds in Georgia. So he had pins dropped on them from where he thought they were roosted. And we went in there that next morning. And I can't say that they were exactly where you dropped pins because they didn't gobble on the roost. Yeah, I started, you know, it was pretty chilly that morning, but I think I was yeah, sweating was. a little bit because I was like, man, they're going to think I'm completely full of crap. You know, I'm sitting here talking about how these birds were hammering last night on the roost. I got a pen right on them. Like, oh man, we're, we're going to be in the hen house. Like we're ready for them. And then just complete and utter silence the next morning. Other than some pretty bad owl hooting and crow calling. Pre pretty bad is you're really giving some credit to that guy because it, it, was, it was brutally bad in my opinion. Yeah. We think that the crow call was a, 
maybe an owl, supposed to be an owl call, but his owl call sounded somewhat like an owl. There was no doubt that it was a person. <laughs> oh yeah, there was zero question. That's how I that. always decipher if it was a good owl call or a bad call. When I, the first time I hear it, if there's no doubt in my mind that that's a human being, it was a bad owl call. Yeah. So yeah. it was. It was. This one was one for the books. I mean, I, I was telling Andy yesterday that I wish. And I need to start recording the audio from first light every morning on my hunts because the owl and crow calling that I've heard from human beings, I assume they're human beings out in the woods. It is, we could have a whole episode on that. Yeah. And it, it's amazing what people sound like. I, I just, I would rather not call personally than do what some people have done in the woods. We hunters, turkey hunters especially, love to hear ourselves make noise. Yes. And sometimes, oftentimes, we don't need to be making noise. We need to be listening. So yeah. with that said, that was all we heard that morning was some bad owl hooting and bad crow calling. And we did hear someone who would come into our area making a few hen turkey sounds. And those were decent. I mean, yeah. those were yeah. plenty good enough. I mean, those those weren't bad. I don't know if it was the same owl guy that we heard, but it was good enough where we were like, I mean, that could be a hen. Yeah, yeah. The dead giveaway as to the fact that it was not a hen is that it never moved. Never moved and never, always was just yelps. Yeah. There weren't any clucks or cuts. And I've never heard a hen who only yelped. I've, every hen I've ever heard, you know, yop, yop, pop, pop, yop. She'll throw some of those in almost every time. Yeah. So... We finally distinguished this is a human being. Yeah, yeah. So we sat there until, what would you say, an hour after daylight? Yeah, a pretty good while because, I mean, I was so confident we should be hearing those turkeys gobble that I just, like, I couldn't fathom that they weren't doing it. Because it was a beautiful morning. I mean, it was really a little chilly. Was. Yeah. But no wind, bluebird, I mean, just gorgeous morning. But we all three kind of said that, Tweety birds aren't chirping, the owls aren't hooting, you know, everything seems kind of dead. It was one of those dead mornings. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. So after standing or sitting there for a while, we decided to get up and maybe move a little bit closer to where Cameron had dropped the pins. Mm -hmm. So we kind of eased down the hill and around the hill in the direction that the pins were dropped. And what I really think happened is that we just needed to be in the turkey's circle. Yeah. We don't ever know what how big that circle is going to be on any given day, but we needed to be in that turkey's circle because once we repositioned, we're standing mm -hmm. there talking, and I yelped, and the turkey gobbled down in the bottom below yeah. us. Yeah, you hit your diaphragm. Like, you didn't scream on it or anything either. You pretty softly yelped on it, and they immediately gobbled. Yeah, and it sounded like we heard two gobblers gobble and a couple of jakes yeah, down there Yeah, it was definitely well. a flock. Yeah, so we sat down where we were and called, thinking we could call them up the ridge from the bottom that they were in to where mm -hmm. we were and stand a chance of getting one there. Well, we didn't know what side of the creek that ran through that bottom the turkeys were on. And so we stayed in that spot, what would you say, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, and we kind of realized that the turkeys were on the other side of the creek at that point. 
Yeah, it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, maybe 20 minutes. I mean, we had they cut us off. I mean, from this point forward in the hunt, almost every time we made a hen sound, the turkeys answered they gobbled. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that made things helpful. But after, yeah, it was probably 20 minutes, and you finally said, I think they're on the other side of the creek. Yeah. And there was a little kind of secondary creek finger that ran up from there and it was as if they were right there in that bottom yeah and you guys i know have heard this as well but my friend chip who's hunting with us his hearing is pretty bad and so i have to sit almost on the same tree that he's sitting on and kind of give him a play-by-play of what's going on so he can hear and know you know, the turkeys gobbled at that call, they're closer, they're farther away, they're moving left, they're moving right, whatever it happens to be, you know, they haven't moved, whatever. So I have to kind of do a play-by-play. I do throw some color commentary in a little bit, you know, along the way, because um, that's just who I am. I'm really more of a color guy than I am a play-by-play guy. I like to ad-lib as we as we go. So yeah. after we decided that the turkeys were on the other side of the creek we knew we had to get there on that side of the creek with them so we backed up away from the turkeys in the direction that we came into that area from and then we dropped down the hill so we would remain out of sight cross the creek when we got across the creek we decided it would be best to leave cameron behind us to do the calling and chip mm-hmm. and i slipped up the the edge of the creek and got just on the edge of a thicket and yeah. out in front of us the creek bottom opened up and it was flat and it was very pretty yeah and so we, when we crossed the creek you crow called we didn't hen yelp you crow called and the birds answered it and they were not far yeah like what would you say 100 yards yeah max so y'all moved up because of the terrain i would say 25 yards ahead of me maybe even 30 and i set up kind of behind you yeah with the turkeys directly in line between me and the turkeys was y'all the perfect line yeah so cameron sits there and he calls turkeys gobble we're sitting there for maybe five minutes and chip says don't move don't move don't move and i of course move my eyeballs and i look up (laughs) the creek where the gobbling's coming from and i see a turkey run up the hill from the creek bottom and then another one and then another one and then i see two turkeys coming towards us and chip is like what is going on and i said well i think the three turkeys that ran up the hill were hens Mm -hmm. and the two coming towards us he said those are gobblers and i said uh i don't think so they didn't they just didn't look very big to me yeah but i could tell they were male turkeys and so they're walking our direction and it became obvious after they walked a little bit closer that those were the two jakes so chip is like locked on to these jakes watching them thinking that they're the gobblers and they're coming towards us and then at one point one of the birds turns and you can see that it's got a jake beard and he says, mm-hmm. well, that, that's a Jake. Is the other one a Jake? I said, yeah, the other one's a Jake, too. So they come on up, and they're calling, and Cameron's calling. The two toms yeah. are gobbling, but they have now moved up the hill where the hens went. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, from my perspective, I could hear Jake's yelping. A hen was yelping pretty hard at me, and the gobblers were gobbling. I mean, there was so much going on. It was just madness. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. It I was... mean, everything was talking. The the turkeys were hammering. And so, I mean, the hens, everybody was just calling to each other. Yeah. If you like turkey sounds, it was a good morning to be in the woods. Yeah. I mean, so I started throwing kikis in all kinds. Because I saw the hen. I only saw one of the hens that y'all saw. But I saw her kind of dart up the hill, like, in a not good way. Where I was like, right. do you see them? You know, I don't know what happened. And we still don't really know what happened. But they, they were alerted. By something but not terribly yeah yeah and you know again the toms were gobbling so we knew that they weren't terribly scared yeah something just made them decide they needed to move uphill like mm-hmm. quickly <laughs> yeah and the jakes kind of moved from the bottom and angled up the hill towards cameron but eventually turned and just went straight on up the hill so we let them stay up there for a little while and cameron's still calling and they're still gobbling up on the hill and chip and i knew that we needed to reposition so we felt comfortable getting up that we weren't going to get busted and we got up we walked back to cameron and said hey we need to move and try to get around in front of those turkeys we think they're walking that ridge away from us yeah away from the creek bottom and so we need to try to get in front of them yeah and i sitting back there i kind of was having the same thoughts but when you're the caller you never get up first. <laughs> so true. That you, is that is so true. Always let the guy who's shooting in front of you, who you don't know what they're looking at, let them stand up and come to you. Yeah. So that was kind of my thought. And y'all came back there, and yeah, it was pretty consensus. Like, all right, something spooked them, or I don't know what happened. They're going up the hill. Mm-hmm. So we need to get ahead of them. Yeah. So we did. We backed out. Well, we didn't really back out. We just went around and got on the next Bangor, ridge yeah. top. Not the ones the turkeys had just walked up, but we got on the next one over. Followed it all the way up to the top where these two finger ridges go up and run into the bigger hill. Mm-hmm. And we got up to the top of there and we lost the turkeys. We couldn't hear them. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Cameron had dropped pins where the turkeys were last. And so we just kind of started walking in that direction. And I would say we got, I mean, we went way, we didn't do it intentionally, but we went way around those turkeys, way yeah. around, way Big, farther away around them than I think you or I or Chip would have planned on going. Well, once they had moved up the hill, they fell silent. And so, it, I, I mean... I think what happened is we just kind of took the easiest route to get uphill, which took us straight away from them. And then we started working the ridge line back around towards them. But yeah, we were way away. Well, we also got out of their circle. Yeah. And I think that's important because they weren't gobbling when we were not in their circle to start with. And then when we got out of that circle, they quit again. Yeah. So after we start walking back in the direction that we last heard the turkeys we crow call and hear a turkey gobble in that direction so way off too like it is way off i mean it's it's like as far as you can hear one yeah we were confident it was a gobble but it was like man he was he's hundreds of yards away (laughs) yeah i would say what 600 yeah yeah it was like maybe 600 yeah Yeah. even more i mean it was he was a long ways no doubt yeah so after circling around we end up back in the turkeys circle to yes. where we are making hen sounds and turkeys are gobbling and they're 
gobbling. So we we actually I need to I need to say it this way. We had circled back around, gotten to where we thought we last heard the turkeys gobble. Crow called. They gobbled again. We felt pretty comfortable. We knew where they were. We were walking down the ridge that we last saw the turkeys walk up. But the turkeys had gone back down into the creek bottom. So they were back down where they started out, well, where we first heard them this morning or this particular morning. So Cameron yelps and the turkeys cut him off and they sound like they're coming. So we kind of in a panic look for a spot to sit because we didn't do that before he called and we should have. (laughs) And yeah, they're not far at this point either. Like they were, I think on the audio, they even sound further than they are because they're in such a bottom that it wasn't a real, you, you can definitely hear them on the audio, no doubt, but yeah, they're, you know, how far, when I called that time, how far do you think they were? I think they were probably 125 yards. That's exactly the number I was thinking. Like, yeah. Right there. I mean, yeah. it, that which isn't far. I mean, that's very, you know, pretty close quarters, especially as open as the woods that's were. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. These woods are pretty open, and you can see 125 yards in these woods without a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, lo- I mean, luckily, terrain-wise, they could not see us. We were on top. They were in the bottom. Yeah. So, after we got that response from Cameron's Yelp, we knew we needed to sit down and sit down quickly. So... We did. And Cameron sat kind of, well, so the turkeys were not in the bottom directly below us, but they were in the bottom more to our left. Mm -hmm. Cameron sat behind us and to our right. Yes. And so, again, shooters in between collar and turkeys. Yeah. And y'all were 25 yards in front of me, maybe 30. Yeah. I don't even think I paid a whole lot of attention to where you were. I started, I crawled away from y'all as I started purring and clucking and scratching in the leaves. Like I I moved away to sound like a hen. That way kind of made my voice change as I moved a little bit, but that was just at the beginning. I I ended up probably 30 yards behind you. Okay. And that is where we're going to pick up the audio. So Cameron, whose audio would you like to play first? Let's go... We'll start with mine because I you can kind of hear my audio, but the majority of it I'd like to come from yours because the gobbling and calling and everything sounds better because your microphone isn't right next to my mouth that's yelping loudly, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll start out on mine and let you hear kind of I, I sit down and start calling and scratching the leaves and just doing my normal thing, and then we'll swap over to Andy's here in just a second. All right, so listen in, because this is the action before the shot. This is the calling in of the turkeys. So you guys listen in to Cameron doing a little bit of narration. We're going to have to work on Cameron and his narration a little bit, but hey, I get it. I, I talk to myself, so it's really easy for me to narrate because I'd be talking to me anyway. <laughs> you guys just happen to be able to hear me talking to me when I am on a hunt. So listening closely, here's Cameron doing some fantastic calling to two male wild turkeys. And we will see you in just a few minutes. All right, we've relocated the flock.
to check him again? Check him again. He's right there. Get up there. He's he's coming. He's coming.
there on our third setup on this group of gobblers, hens, and jays. They're sitting right there. The turkeys are gobbling right past them, kind of up there. I'm trying to call them up here. We'll see what happens.
your gut up. All right. That is all that we have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's hunt, then you will need to either A, buy the premium single episode of this week's show by going to theturkeyhunterpodcast.com and looking up episode number 287PS. You can buy this week's show for 99 cents and be able to listen to the hunt in its entirety. Or, and this is a better option, you can become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. To become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast, what you'll need to do is first text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word with no spaces. Text that to the number 44222. After you do that, you will create your username and password in the Podbean application, and you'll pay the $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 is going to get you not only the rest of this week's episode, but it will get you the premium content for all of our past episodes, and there's over three years of past episodes with premium content that are locked up. It's also going to get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks. If you are a turkey nut like Cameron and I, you will not be disappointed spending $18 for what's going to end up being four years worth of content, premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Lots and lots of hunts, lots and lots of great guests with lots and lots of information being shared and maybe a laugh or two. Yeah, I don't know about that. That'd be, that'd be a long shot. Okay. Maybe a <laughs> tear or two. There you go. That'll probably happen. Well. Nah, you'll get some laughs. I know I get plenty. When we start listening to my hunts from this season, there's going to be a tear or two, I'll promise you. <laughs> <laughs> and some laughs, maybe. <laughs> So you guys go ahead and subscribe. Really, you're not going to be disappointed with the $18 investment. And when you look at what it costs compared to what you spend on other things, it's pretty darn cheap. So you'll get your money's worth. We we will assure you that. Yes. You know, you guys who are trying to do the super slam, you understand that, you know, you get limited opportunities to go on these hunts out of state and that you need to take advantage of every opportunity that you get not just to take the trip but opportunities to kill on the trip and you just get so many opportunities on these trips because you have limited time and so you know I wasn't feeling pressure for me I was feeling pressure for for Chip, and I think I was, well, there's no thinking. I was feeling more pressure than Chip was feeling, and I don't know why. I think I'd just taken it on myself, but, you know, I, I would assume that that's probably what the good guides feel when they have a hunter come in. You know, yeah, they right. want their hunter to be successful, and, yeah. you know, that that is what it was with me. I, I don't think that, well, first of all, if I'd been the shooter, we'd have been done, oh, three minutes earlier because my turkey turkey number one i say my turkey turkey number one would have flopped when that head poked up over the crest of that ridge because (laughs) he was right in front of my gun barrel yeah and i just don't think that i would have felt that kind of pressure with me being the shooter but anyway you know i can speculate on all that all night long it's not going to do any good a bird was killed 
a state was marked off the list. Chip could not be happier. And Cameron, you don't know this, what I'm about to say, but after the hunt, you left the next day. And after you left, Chip and I stayed and hunted one day in the solid rain. And then the next morning we hunted in the fog. And on our way back home from Georgia, Chip said, I got to tell you, you know, I'm I'm really impressed with Cameron. He can work that map, that Onyx map, like nothing I've ever seen. And he can pinpoint those turkeys and drop pins where they are on the map incredibly well. He can call. He's got good woodsmanship. And I have never, well, he didn't say never. He said, I haven't seen anyone with that kind of passion for turkey hunting in a long, long time. And so what has happened as a result of Chip going on that hunt with you is you have rekindled a lot of that passion with Chip. Good. Chip Chip used to have that. Uh, Yeah. You know, and, and hey, a lot of it is youth. And I know that over time, I, I hope you never fall out of love with it. I'm not. And I don't see you falling out of love with turkey hunting. But you know, I think just as we get older and we experience it, it being turkey hunting, we experience all of turkey hunting more that, you know, we not say we're not as passionate, but maybe we're not just as gung ho about mm-hmm. it as we used to be when we were younger. I mean, heck, I'm not as gung ho about anything as I was when I was younger. Yeah. Just age. And so I've seen what the effect has been because I've hunted with Chip now two more times since you and I went to Georgia with him. And he is, he's got that spark again for turkeys. Good. And, you know, it, uh, it is, it's good to see it because he needs it, you know, and, and I think that he, I think a lot of the reason why he lost a lot of that spark is because his hearing has gotten progressively wow. worse. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, gosh, I mean, uh, the only thing I can compare it to would be going into a pitch black, dark room, maybe your safe room at home with absolutely no light in it and saying, okay, I know that there is a penny on the floor in this 20 by 20 room, but I can't find it. I've got to find it in this in this dark room and that's kind of what his hearing is like and so you know that created a frustration with him but I told him after you left I'm like look because he was calling for me the next day I was shooting yeah and and so I said look let's use this time because I've already killed in Georgia let's use this time to get you acclimated to your hearing whether you've got your walkers game ears in your ears or not, let's use this time to get you acclimated to, to, to reprogram your brain as to how far away that sound is that you hear. Because he can hear gobbling. Yeah, it's the targeting where they are. How far are they? That's what he, you know, it's just different than it's been his whole life. And so, you know, it, it would be like moving to a new house and having to reprogram your brain to drive from work to home, a, being a different home that you've had for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, one of those days you're going to end up just driving to your old house, pulling up in the driveway and going, oh, crap, I don't live here anymore. Just because it's your brain just knows what to do and you just do things instinctively. And so yeah. for him, uh, those instincts have have to change because yeah. a his bird that changed. he used to hear at 100 yards is now 200 yards. Yeah. Or a bird that he thinks is 200 yards is actually 75 to 100 yards from him is what yeah. I mean to say. Yeah. And I told him, too, I said, look, you know, you're going to have to start trusting your guides more. Yeah. If your guide tells you a turkey's 150 yards, you do not say to them, and this is an order, you do not say, I heard him, so he's got to be closer than that. And then you end up moving 50 yards on a bird that's 150 yards away when you really needed to move 75 or 80 yards on him. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a major disability in the turkey woods it major is. yeah, yeah. The, that is the major disability honestly yeah i mean you can certainly go and deer hunt turkeys but chip doesn't deer hunt deer yeah so he's not going to deer hunt a turkey he will don't get me wrong he we he did it when we were in arkansas but he doesn't want to and it's an afternoon strategy when nothing else is going on yeah and so that's when he did it in arkansas you know 25 mile an hour winds and an afternoon hunt what do you want to do i'm just going to go sit in the woods yep me too you go to this spot i'll go to that spot exactly so anyway that i've seen that passion get renewed with him and he actually has gone turkey hunting this year in alabama about seven or eight times sweet i can tell you last year in alabama i don't think he went once hmm so, with all that said, that was a very positive outcome from our hunt in Georgia. We got to mark a state off of Chip's list, and we got to get Chip fired up about turkeys again and wanting to go on his own. Heck yeah, man. And I enjoyed every second of it. It was just fun hanging out with both of y'all and eating a Waffle House after and everything. I mean, it's memory I'll never forget. I can guarantee you that much. So, yeah. Can't we ask had some, for much more than that. We had some COVID waffles from Waffle House. Oh, yeah. COVID and, all-star breakfast. Yeah. And they had, well, I think the state was on lockdown, but the Waffle House was not That's at right. that point in time. So we were able to go in, sit down, and have a meal. And that is the last time that I've sat down inside of a restaurant to eat. Me too. That's interesting to think about. I haven't considered that. Yeah. Been 37 days or so, 38, yeah. 39 days. So hopefully these restaurants will get open again just for their sake and that's way off the topic but we need to get obviously we need to keep everybody as safe as possible but we need to get back to work and get things going so yeah. all right well I'm, great I'm hunt get into that enjoyed it i think people will learn a lot from that i think it was a good experience i think it was awesome audio i mean that was intense <laughs> yeah and i thoroughly enjoyed it hopefully we have more audio yet to be recorded for folks i know we have plenty in the bank right now but hopefully there's more to come and i think there for sure will be very good i think so too so only reminder i have for everyone as we're kind of closing this out is the owl hooting contest we got one more week on that you can submit your videos over social media to instagram at the gob father 49 twitter at turkey hitman or Facebook, the Turkey Hunter podcast page, which is I Am Turkey Hunting. So please submit your natural voice owl hoots for that. You could win a Preston Pittman one-of-one custom box call. 
There haven't been too terribly many submissions, but there's starting to pile up a little bit better, but yeah. still really high statistical odds of you winning for any kind of contest these days. So make sure you enter that. And I think that's our only housekeeping for the week. Yes, that is our only housekeeping that we have. So I have a calling tip for this All week. Right. My calling tip is this. For those of us in the South whose seasons have been in for quite some time now, whether you're hunting public land or private land, it is time to turn the volume and the amount of calling down. In Alabama, for example, these turkeys have been called to for five weeks. They are, well, I'm sure their ears are ringing because they've been called to so much. I know the Tennesseans are. Yes, because of what we talked about last week and the week before. People are off work. There's more people in the woods. There's more and more and more calling going on. And to give you an example, today in the woods, calling from a distance, me and my buddy Drew had a turkey respond. When we got in his circle, he would not respond. When we repositioned in his circle, moved to a different location, and just did some very soft purrs and very soft clucks, and not very many of them, and we moved while we were calling, turning the call left, turning the call right, adding a little bit of realism to our calls, the turkey sounded off and let us know that he was about 125 yards from us. So this is a turkey that's been hinned up the entire turkey season, but he's been called to the entire turkey season. So he's heard it all. Just remember, if you start off soft and quiet and you start off sparingly with your calling, you can always pick it up and call more and get louder. But right now, with season winding down, I just think we need to just tone it down, cut it back, and give them just enough to let them know where we are and to keep them interested and keep our eyes focused on the prize. So that's our calling tip for the week. Awesome. I think that's a good tip. Good late season way to harvest that late season gobbler. Yes, it is. So our favor for this week is... If you enjoyed this hunt, share it with someone. Share it on social media this week. If you will, go to the I Am Turkey Hunting Facebook page, snag the post for this week. You're not really snagging it. You're just going to share it. But share it on your timeline so your hunting friends can see it and they can listen to Chip's Hunt in Georgia. That's a huge help for us. Also, if you go to Twitter, you can go to my handle, which is at Turkey Hitman, and you will see in my Twitter feed the post for this week's show, and you can retweet that on Twitter, and that'll help us out a bunch. Yes, please share, please share. We always want to welcome new members to the family, and I think we have good content for them. I know these hunts are exciting to me, and I think from what I've heard, they're exciting to many others, so let some people know about it. All right, that's all that Cameron and I have for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com 
to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.